Alright, well welcome to the DynastyBball.com Dynasty Hoops Podcast. It's uh, been a little while, but I'm your host, Jordan. I'm joined by Adam. Uh, how you doing tonight, Adam? Hey, doing really well. How about yourself, man? Uh, doing good. We got a little bit of a late start tonight, but I'm excited to talk basketball. It feels like it's been a while. I've kind of been jonesing for it a little bit, so I'm excited to start you know, previewing some, some NBA teams again. Yeah, we're uh, you know we're entering into like training camp, close to preseason. NBA two K's out, so yeah, been we're playing uh, we're a ton of that. The early part of the cycle. Yeah, I've been playing a ton of two K. Have you played that at all? Hell yeah! You know I do the uh, the pro am mode quite a bit, and I, I've got a squad. Right now we're thirty two and one. Wow! So you've been you've been really getting down on it. I've played a little bit of like a franchise mode. Like that's more my more my jam. Um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. It's, it's a fun game though. It was definitely worth the money if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, I mean, of course, like any game, it, it has its little glitches. But overall, man, I mean, it's just amazing the the realism <laughs> that they've gotten to. But obviously, that's not what we're here to talk about. But I just had to had to bring it up because I've been playing it quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's me too. It's been pretty fun. Um, so tonight we're gonna you know kind of break down the central division. Um, talk about my Bulls, some of the other teams in there. You know, the Cavs, you got your defending champs. You know, there's a lot of interesting storylines. Uh, the recent news of Chris Middleton getting injured. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it here with the Bulls. Um, you know, they made a lot of noise this offseason. Went out and got, you know, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, some guys that you really didn't expect to, to be on their target list at the start of the offseason. Um, they're going to be a completely different team from last year. I think the tempo is going to be a lot quicker. Um, it has to be, which is where I kind of worry about Rondo kind of playing more of a system with in ball movement where he's more of a ball dominant guard. Um, so like, I, I know like what my thoughts are. I've spent a lot of time talking about the Bulls with you. I kind of want you to start it off. Just what is kind of your overall impressions of what you're expecting from the Bulls fantasy wise this season? Well, I mean, the spacing is going to be really poor. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. They're going to have to have some really advanced system that takes advantage of the the intelligence and the slashing and and the off-ball movement but um i think it's going to be very difficult to generate offense when you only have one three-point shooter in the starting line well i think yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to expect jimmy butler to you know become the shooter we thought he was going to be two years ago as opposed to the shooter he actually was last year you need nikola miritich to come in and hit some shots Doug McDermott, you need him to take a big step forward this year. Uh, there's a lot that has to go right for the Bulls. I think that this is a team that still isn't done making moves. I think if they're going to be a contender, they're going to have to make one more move at some point to get one more, you know, like we mentioned, an outside shooter, preferably just one more guy that can get the ball and go get buckets on somebody. Um, they, they, I think they're, they're a move away from really being a contender. You know, the Bulls typically don't make moves, but I think they have to now. This is uh, Jimmy Butler's era, even with Wade and Rondo being there. Like, it, it, this is his team now. Um, you need a player that really complements him a little better than Wade and Rondo. I think Wade's a good piece kind of as a mentor to some of the younger guys there. But I'm just I'm worried about how he fits in fantasy wise. I think he's gonna you know he's gonna score some points for you. He gets you you know probably three and a half to four rebounds and assists and a steal per game. Um, he'll put up some decent numbers. But I think Jimmy Butler is the guy out of all these guys that you really want to own. Like even with the addition to Rondo and Wade, additionally his fantasy value kind of around the community seemed like it took a drop. But um, I've came back up on him a little bit. Like I still think he is gonna get a ton of shots. They're gonna run the offense through him. He's gonna get you five, six rebounds, probably close to four assists a game. Um, I could see him getting closer. To, you know, he's, we got like one point six steals per game last year. I could see that getting up even closer to two, just because he's you know such a good defender. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, Butler and Wade? Yeah, I think that Rondo actually helps Jimmy Butler's on the defensive uh, end, especially. Bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, there's that. Um, Dwayne Wade obviously is a little bit ball dominant, but we know that he's going to miss some games. He's going to uh, probably play relatively limited minutes, uh, you would think. Uh, so, I mean, this is definitely Jimmy Butler's team right now. Uh, I'm curious to think uh, or to see what you think. Uh, for the four and the five, are we definitely looking at uh, Nikola Miritich and uh, Robin Lopez? I think Robin Lopez definitely. Taj Gibson, I think if you're just talking about in a vacuum, I think he kind of might make a little bit more sense um, just on a basketball sense. But I think you need to start Miritich because you need a three-point shooter out there with Butler, Wade, and Rondo. Um, I think there's going to be times where you do see you know Taj and Nikola uh, rotate who starts uh, depending on matchups and stuff. I think you will see Doug McDermott play a little bit of time at stretch for this year. Uh, the addition of you know Denzel Valentine in the draft, he's a guy that can play multiple positions, which really allows you know Jimmy Butler is a guy that you could play at the two or the three. You could even play him at the point guard a little bit. Uh, you know Rondo's kind of stuck at the point, but Dwayne Wade you could could kind of move from the two and the three. So there's a lot of guys you can kind of move around there and play the matchups defensively. But I I would imagine that you see Miritich get the majority of the time uh, there this year. I think Portis is still the guy you want to own long-term there. I do like his upside more than uh, more than Taj, for sure. Uh, Miritich, I th- I'd say their upside's close. When Miritich gets a lot of minutes, he puts up numbers. Um, it's just been kind of inconsistent this far. So he's another guy I really have an eye on this year. I own him in a few leagues. I think this is not a make-or-break year for him, but I do think this year will say a lot about the player he's going to become in this league. Okay. Um, well, what do you think about, like, let's – like Denzel Valentine, let's talk about, you're talking about Bobby Portis. Let's talk about some of the younger players. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think Denzel Valentine, I mean, do you think he's going to be able to find minutes there? Because there are people in front of him, obviously, uh, with James, uh, James, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, um, even Tony Snell and Doug McDermott. Yeah, I think Tony Snell, you're going to see him get phased out this year. I don't think that they'll bring him back after this season. I think they're just kind of keeping him around as, like, you know, a, a decent, you know, he's better than a lot of, you know, worse guys on the bench. He's on a team-friendly contract. He can come in and play a few minutes when you need him, uh, filling on injuries. Um, but the young guys, you know, you really got to see it a little bit in summer league. You know, the champs right there, um, Jerry and Grant, uh, Denzel Valentine, Bobby Portis, I think that's a very exciting core right there. Um, they all definitely have flaws in their game, but I do think uh, – that Valentine's going to find a way to minutes. I don't think by any means he's going to play 30 minutes a game this year, but I think that, you know, starting off the year, he'll probably play 15 to 18 minutes, and then as you get closer to the All-Star break in the second half, I could see him stepping into more of a 20 to 24 minutes per game, like somewhere in there. Um, play, like, a decent role. Like, I don't know if he... If he might make it to, you know, kind of a six-man role, but I think his, he's best suited for kind of a role player off the bench, like a seventh, eighth guy this year, just because, you know, you do have Butler, Wade, and Rondo ahead of him that should all play, you know, at least 30 minutes per game this year. Um, I think that he's going to provide some value in steals and assists when he does get time, though. Um, you know, I think he hit a few shots. That's the big question is how is his three-point game to translate. But overall, I do like uh, Valentine. I'm bummed I don't own him in more leagues, honestly. Okay, well, let's talk about then uh, between him and Jerry and Grant. Who do you think has uh, higher fantasy value? And am I correct in thinking that Bobby Portis probably higher than both of them in your mind? Um, yeah, I'd still prefer Portis over both of them. I think you saw 
I mean, again, it's summer league. Take it with a grain of salt. But I think you saw the player he could become. He's just motor, nonstop intensity and hustle. Like, he's going to get his numbers just on putbacks and uh, layups yeah, and dunks. Player. And, you know, he has shown that he can step out a little bit and hit the jumper. You, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a guy that can step out, hit the 15, 18-footer with somewhat consistency during his prime years if he continues to improve. Um, but between Grant and Valentine, I would still take Valentine. Um, you know, he was a lottery pick for a reason. There's, you know, some concerns about his knee. Uh, and I think that's why he dropped to the Bulls at 14. I honestly didn't think he would make it that far down, even though he was older. Um, I like his value long-term. I think he's a guy that can contribute in a lot of different categories for you there. Uh, Grant, he's still very raw. Like, he, he's going to be a project for sure. Like, I think that Valentine has a chance to give you fantasy production sooner. So I would definitely lean that way because I don't think that Grant's one of those guys that, you know, you say oh, you give him three or four years, like, he's going to be good, like, uh, like someone like that. He's more of a, you know, he could be good. I don't know. He still has a lot of raw, raw to his game. He doesn't really shoot the three-pointer that well. Um, a decent handle. Uh, showed an okay court vision, but not an overly dominant score. I just don't know how much fantasy value. I could see him being a guy that has more value in, like, a real basketball sense. Well, and neither of them are really that young. I mean, you're talking 24 years old for Jerry and Grant. 23 years old though they still have a handful of years to improve but it's not like when you're talking about these guys coming out that are not like some players by the time they're 23 24 years old have already been in the league four or five years so when you're talking about these guys are in their first second year um there is a limited upside and you know that obviously hurt their draft stock a little bit but it also kind of really hurts their dynasty value um not to mention Neither one of them is particularly high in the depth chart. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that the future is bright there for the Bulls. I do, like I said, I do like Wade being there to mentor, you know, those young guys we mentioned, the Portises, the Valentines. I really like Wade being there for Portis, even though they play different positions. I think that's a good guy to mentor him a little bit. Um, what do you think about Robin Lopez this year? You know, in nine categories scoring last year, he finished as the eighth center, uh, 10 points, seven rebounds, uh, one and a half blocks, one and a half assists. So pretty good numbers all the way across the board. Um, you know, shot excellent from the floor, decent, you know, almost an 80% free throw shooter. Uh, do you think that that's his ceiling, or do you think that he has room to improve if he can earn more of a defined role in Hoiberg's system? I bet he actually will put up slightly better stats. Uh, there's nobody really challenging him, certainly for the starting spot, but, I mean, even for, for minutes, he's the only true center on the roster. I mean, yes, you can kind of play Taj Gibson and maybe Bobby Portis a little bit at center or even small ball Miritich, but that's not certainly not ideal. I mean, uh, he's definitely going to have a lot of opportunity and I think he's going to put up close to a double, double probably stick, you know, around that block and a half. But uh, I had him last year and his numbers are not sexy whatsoever, but he gets it done. And uh, he's just like a sneaky type player that you can pick up a, a, a lot of years that, just uh, the average player is, or the average fantasy player is, is not particularly well acquainted with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and move on and talk about, you know, last year's champion, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, hold on. There was one yeah. thing that we oh. were doing uh, in our last division where yes. we were kind of just trying to guess, you know, whereabouts mm, we think yeah. this team Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, let's do that. Um, uh, you go first. All right, fair enough. Um I can't remember the spots that we chose the teams for last uh, in our last podcast, so I'm going to give you a range. Um, I actually me, do. If oh, I have mine, actually, not yours, but actually, go ahead. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to guess that they come in somewhere between uh, 7 and 8. Okay, you think so you do think they're, they're a playoff team this year? I think that they're in the back end of the play. It's just very hard for me to imagine Dwayne Wade uh, not making the playoffs. And Jimmy Butler is still there, and he's a superstar. And uh, I don't know, Robin Lopez does anchor defense really well. Uh, they have a lot of depth. Uh, I I just think that I think that they're gonna get it done. Yeah, I would put them in as my seven seed. Which uh, so off my standings, I had from our last podcast. Um, I don't have any of my one through four decided yet. They're still to be two TBD. Um, but I have the Wizards as my five, Hawks at six, Bulls at seven, Magic at eight. Yeah, we were pretty close on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that all sounds about right to me. Um, especially now with the news about Bosch and the Heat certainly falling out of, uh, I mean, really falling out of contention at all in my mind. I had them at 11, and I think I'm going to move them down to, I think, probably 13 or 14. Yeah, it's it's pretty bleak there. But, um, okay, very, very cool. I, I just wanted to make sure we kept up with that tradition. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I actually had it written down in my notebook, so good call on that. So um, you mentioned that you, you don't have any of your top four fleshed out. I think that that brings us uh, right over to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm assuming uh, one of those four spots is going to be uh, filled up after we talk about this team. Yeah, I'll get it out of the way right now. They're my number one seed for now. Um, no doubt. Until proven otherwise, I'm not going to bet against the Cavaliers. I mean, how can you? You saw uh, what LeBron is. like. You really saw that he can turn it on in the playoffs, and when he gets through the season, he's just he's doing that. He's just trying to get through the season. Um, they basically skate their way to a one seed. Um, they have more drama in the media than most teams, even though they're kicking the shit out of everybody, uh, winning 60 games a year. Um, I think LeBron's in, um, you know, he's in dynasty. He's on his, not last legs, but, you know, medium to last legs. Um, I think Kyrie's going to take a huge step forward this year. The wild card there for me is still Kevin Love. Like, it's crazy that after this long, I still don't really feel like I have a good feel for what he's going to be in this offense, you know? I mean, it, it hasn't really cemented itself. He's certainly not the player he once was. I mean, do you, do you think this is the year that he bounces back and that they find uh, a way to construct the offense that brings him maybe around curls on the perimeter or something, uh, or curling around screens maybe to get open? I just, it's a shame to just stick a talent like that in the corner. Yeah, it really is. I feel like if they hadn't a one last year, the the cries to trade him would still be just as loud as they were before. You know, it's winning cures all, so that really kind of quieted the the calls to trade for him. Even though you know he had some moments and some games where he played well, but all in all, like last year, he wasn't amazing by any means. Like you know, put up good fantasy numbers from a real basketball perspective wasn't you know wasn't spectacular. There's times where he would disappear and you wouldn't hear from him for a few games at all. Um, I feel like if they don't win it this year. You'll kind of you'll see him make a move. I could still like I still think that they would be better suited making a move. I think they could still get a decent haul for him and get some pieces back that would make them their team better that would fit LeBron and Kyrie better. Um, but because it's not even really yeah, like if I, I yeah. totally agree with that. Um, do you think Tristan Thompson is the starting center there this year? Yeah, I mean I think at least coming in, it's his job to lose. I agree. I mean, who's who? I guess would even be. Contesting that Channing Fry, I guess. I mean, that's not really the guy that I think that you want anchoring your defense. Yeah, I'm like looking at their roster right now, and they really don't. 
have another true center there. And even Tristan Thompson's almost, I mean, he's a power forward, but he plays like more of a center, but he's not a center by any means in my, in my mind. Uh, um, but this year, I think Thompson, I would almost go out on a limb and say, I think he's going to have a better fantasy season than Kevin Love. Would that be crazy? Mm, I mean, the three-pointers, that's, that's pretty hard to keep up with. But, I mean, I think that he's going to crush him on rebounds. And, mm, no, I, I, I do think Kevin Love will be will You do still think season. he will. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I do think that Thompson takes a step forward this year. I think he... A big step forward. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, do you think, you know, last year he had half a block and point... Or half a, half a steal and uh, .6 blocks. Do you think that those numbers go up this year? Well, I feel like his blocks are definitely going to go up oh, at least to a full block per game. I mean, he's only 6'9", but he's a lengthy dude, and he gets up there, and he plays really physical. I mean, with the exit of Timofey Mozgov, uh, I, I think that it's just going to open up a whole realm of possibilities for him to make an impact on the t- defensive end of the floor, mm-hmm. and he is just going to gobble up those freaking rebounds. Yeah, I guess just for me, I could see him getting up closer. You know, last year he averaged 7.8 points and 9 boards. I could see him getting closer, probably not all the way to it, but close to double-double there in points and rebound numbers. Uh, I think he does get to closer to a block. I wouldn't be completely shocked if he got up closer to, like, you know, one and a quarter block. Um, so there's, there, that's, you know, going to be a decent fantasy option. Even last year with, uh, you know, a little bit lower numbers, he finished as a top 20 power forward, um, probably outside the top 100 overall. But I do think that there's at least a chance he can go back into the top 100. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, like really looking at the numbers, like Kevin Love still put up good fantasy numbers last year, even from as bad of a basketball perspective as it was at some times. It's just because you, you know, and I'm not saying you, but no, like, like, yeah, in general. You, but like you, you look at his stats of how much they've dropped off and it, it is tough, but, I mean, when you think about it, he actually still is putting up very good fantasy numbers. They're just nowhere near the elite numbers that he was putting up before. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I, I don't know. I think he'll stay there for the year. I think they'll give it another go. I mean, why would you not after winning? I just I think it's scary uh, when your best player, you know, is as indestructible as he's been. Do you think that Kyrie and uh, Kevin Love could carry them to a title if LeBron were to miss any time during the playoffs? No. You don't? You think it'd be over? I don't I don't even for one second believe that. Do you think they could get through the East? Say that again? Do you think they could get through the East? Um no. I think that they'd get snagged in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that there's multiple teams that could beat this Cavs team without LeBron. Yeah, I think so too. Um hopefully- minimum I, I I would definitely take the, the Raptors over them. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, honestly, I, I might even take teams like the Pacers over them. Uh, I mean, God, I might even take the Hawks over them without LeBron on that team. Yeah, I mean, they really are a different team. Uh, how old is LeBron this year? Is he but turning 32? Uh, good God, is he that old? Let me pull him up real quick. Yeah, he's been in the league, I think, 10 or 11 years now. So think, Le- LeBron's oh 31, God, uh, so he'll turn 32 in December this year. Wow, that is crazy. So, okay, well, let me transition that into what, what is his dynasty value? Like, where do you place him? Uh, I mean, he's certainly a top 15 dynasty player or a top 20. I mean, he's an, he's a rare case. Like, I think there's a few guys kind of in his era, like kind of him, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony to a lesser extent, guys that are still, you know, and, you know, current redraft leagues are probably top five, top ten options. LeBron's arguably a top, you know, two option in uh, redraft leagues. But in Dynasty, I mean, 
they're re that's really one of the big cases of why we generally do rebuilding and contending rankings because if you're a team that's rebuilding i mean he's still probably a top 20 asset but you could probably flip him for more valuable assets in a rebuild whereas if you're a team that's competing for a championship there's few guys that are more valuable especially because he is only 32 even if he does fall off over the next few years he does have room for his numbers to fall off a little bit yeah, I mean, and his numbers will start falling off uh, in probably about three years, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, uh, perhaps, I mean, possibly before then, but I, I don't know. He seems so indestructible. He doesn't seem like he's really uh, slowed down much. No, I mean, well, I guess we'll just have to see as, as the athleticism drops off in a few years, which, I mean, it you know, father time is undefeated is what they say. Uh, at some point, he's going to have to take limited minutes he's going to draw less contact and favor his jump shot a little bit more um he'll be less of an impact uh on the rebounds he won't be able to collapse the defense and get quite as many assists um i, I mean we're talking three four years like this season he's going to fucking crush it yeah so like let me just put that out there i'm not a lebron james hater it's just he is getting older so if you're looking at him for dynasty i put him probably somewhere in like the what 12 to 16 range yeah that that sounds about right i know that that sounds like crazy low but i mean really you're only looking at a window of maybe three years of having it and you know when you're playing in most leagues like where you pick him up you, do you really want him as like your key dynasty asset if you're trying to like compete for 10 years i i don't know yeah i yeah it's that's a good point um looking down the roster him in a dynasty league i think that's that's the interesting conversation i mean if you're a rebuilding team you got to take Kyrie, right well yeah he's he's almost 10 years young. but i mean let's preface that by saying i'm not trading lebron for Kyrie straight up but if i can get lebron for Kyrie in like a second round pick that's a that's a deal i'm considering you know especially if i can get Kyrie. if it's Kyrie in the first give me that all day yeah uh, absolutely all right, so let's look down the roster just a little bit. Like, you know, obviously they have their big three. Even Tristan Thompson arguably is kind of a, a lesser. that are going to put up fantasy numbers. Anyone else on the roster interest you at all? No. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through it and really not at all. No, there's nobody else that I'm even remotely interested in. In a deep league, uh, I would take Channing Fry and I'd take uh, Iman Shumpert and God, I guess... I guess that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I think in a deep, deep dynasty league, just a watch list guy, uh, K. Cleo Fielder, um, Felder. I mean, he's a guy that in college was explosive. He's, as a stancer, probably be a D-league guy. He needs a few injuries to happen. But just long-term, he is one of those guys that at one point uh, was leading the nation in points, rebounds, and assists. So he is an explosive guy if he can develop into a player. But he's more of a, a watch list guy at this point. Yeah. All right, so let's move. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're both taking them first, right? Like that's... Oh, that's for sure. Up, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Mm. All right, so we're on to the Detroit Pistons then? Yes, on to the Motor City. Um, they're a nice. team that's definitely on the rise. I like them. I'm kind of looking right now, and it's it's jumbled for my... I only have two, three, and four left open in my playoffs, and I could see the Pistons challenging for one of these spots, but I don't know if I... It's crazy that I don't really – I feel like they shouldn't be a three or four seed, but I'm looking at the teams I have ahead of or behind them, and I don't think I'd want to move any of them ahead of them, as crazy as that is. No, I, I think that they're an awesome team. I mean, Reggie Jackson is the real deal. He's a very good point guard, and Andre Drummond is not far away from becoming a superstar. I mean, the numbers that this guy puts up, his best nights are, like, 
as good or better than anybody in the league, and uh, and he's a fairly consistent player. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, yeah, they have a very they're gonna have a good starting five this year. I mean, they're gonna be stout. Reggie Jackson's gonna be you know top ten point guard. Contavious Caldwell Pope, he's gonna be probably a top ten shooting guard. Um, Marcus Morris, Stanley Johnson, whichever way they go there, that's going to have some deeper league fantasy value. Um, Tobias Harris, I think he's in for a breakout year, even more so than he already has. And, I mean, we know what drum it is. I, I think this is a team that really could do some damage in the East. Yeah, I mean, you had mentioned the the rankings. I would put them right around the number four spot. They, they are an awesome team. Uh, the player to own here, Andre Drummond, <laughs> obviously, is going to kill it for you in rebounds. Po- possible punt guy, possible punt. Yes, uh, well, that's that's what you have to talk about when you're getting Andre Drummond. When you're getting Andre Drummond, you need to bring in the punting strategy, and uh, the only way to offset him is a high-volume, high-free-throw percentage-type player, and there's so few in the league outside of, like, James Harden, and it would be very difficult to pick up James Harden and Andre Drummond. But if you could do that, maybe you don't need to punt. Otherwise, if you pick Drummond you need to just go ahead and throw away the free throw category and don't let it bother you anymore because you will he will destroy it for you single-handedly on an almost nightly or weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm also going to take the Pistons at the four spot right here. I kind of took a look down. I'm going to have to edit a little bit at the end. I think I'm going to move your magic down to the nine seed. That's that really hurts my feelings. I'm sorry, and that moves my the Hornets down to the ten. I do I do still like the Magic's over the Hornets. Okay, gotcha. We might have to make a friendly wager, you and I, about the Magic versus the, the Bulls this year. Like, Ooh. to see who ends up showing it, up on it. It is interesting. If you just told me at the start of last season that at this point we'd be comparing the Bulls and the Magic in the same sentence, I would not have believed you. <laughs> yeah, how quickly things change, right? Yeah, so, I mean, looking at the bench for Detroit, I mean, Ish Smith has potential to put up numbers if he gets minutes. Um, I think he's going to be limited this year to 20, 25 minutes. Uh, deeper league rotation guard for your fantasy. Um, John Lewer. Yeah, definitely. John Lewer could come in and hit some three-pointers. Um, I like Henry Ellenson in you know, deeper dynasty leagues as a, as a stash. But other than that, there's really no one on the roster that interests me that much. Yeah, I mean, maybe Boban in a deep league uh, could be somebody that you have, but that is pretty much it. I, to be fair, Stanley Johnson is most likely going to be coming off the bench, don't you think? I think to start the year, that's probably their best bet, yeah. And then even if he overtakes Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris would be a very good bench player. So uh, there are definitely six guys to own here. Um, seven, I guess, really, if you're looking at Ish Smith, too, who's probably one of the back, uh, better backup guards in the league, assuming that he continues what he's been doing the last few years um behind Andre Drummond is Reggie Jackson the clear-cut best player on this team uh fantasy wise uh yeah yeah definitely so in a dynasty then who would you take out of um uh shoot uh who would you take out of Tobias Harris Stanley Johnson and Contavious Caldwell but give me the order Tobias by quite a bit um, KCP and then uh, Stanley Johnson. Okay, in a dynasty, you'd put Stanley Johnson below the three, uh, the two of them. Um, yeah, I, I think Tobias Harris. I think the production you're going to get right now is worth it. 
Um, Stanley Johnson, you know, he projects like he's going to be, you know, a very, very good NBA player. But, you know, Tobias Harris, you know, 14 and about seven rebounds last year, hit a three-pointer per game. I think there's room for those numbers to go up a little bit there. Uh, two assists, I think he'll get right around there again. Excellent from the free throw line. Doesn't really hurt you anywhere, you know, only two turnovers. Um, or, excuse me, one and a half turnovers, so even better there. Um, I think that that's all going to stay about the same. Oh, what did Stanley Johnson do last year? About eight points, four rebounds. Um, that's a half. I, I, yeah, I would still stick with that order. I think KCP is kind of the wing I want to own there outside of, you know, like the, the guys we've already mentioned, the Drummonds and Jacksons and Tobias Harris. Yeah, uh, that's it, it is a tough one for me. Uh, Tobias Harris leads the pack out of those. Um, but uh, Stanley Johnson and Contavious Caldwell Pope are a little bit closer. Uh, I, I would probably just slightly edge uh, towards KCP, but it's pretty close to being a toss-up for me. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm kind of the same way. Um, uh, and again, we're just speaking in terms of dynasty value right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because KCP's like, single one-year off uh, value is, is definitely higher and probably significantly more so than Stanley Johnson's. For the 2016-17 season. Yeah, KCP is a guy I kind of like to make a like a sleeper for like a most improved player this year. Kind of like a Jimmy Butler type jump or Chris Middleton type jump. I could see him coming in for that if everything breaks his way. And if the team does well too. Like if they do climb up into like that fourth seed or something like that. Like that would be a big jump for the team. Uh, if he stays healthy, continues playing as a good defender and hitting the long ball. Uh, yeah, he, he really could be a good sleeper candidate for that. Yeah, I, I, he's a guy I like quite a bit this year. Um, so let's we both had them at the four seed, right? Yes. Cool. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to the Pacers. Um, I'm going to start off by saying here, I'm going to rank them, I don't know, maybe higher than most people. I would actually, I'm having them come in as my number two team. I'm going to have them clip, uh, jumping over the wraps this year. I think Paul, wow. Paul George, another year healthy. He's already shown that he can you know take the Pacers to a two seed. Um, I think arguably Miles Turner could be better than Roy Hibbert, even though Hibbert was a pretty good player during this time, good rim, uh, good rim protector. They added Thaddeus Young. Uh, Monte Ellis can still come in and score. Jeff Teague, um, he's going to fit in fine there with Paul George. I think he's going to help speed up the tempo. I'm going to have them as my number two team in the East this year. I'm taking them as my number three team. Um, Everybody out there knows that Paul George is a tremendous player, so we don't need to spend too much time on him. I mean, he is absolutely probably on the back end of the top ten when it comes to Dynasty, Um, but he's somewhere around the probably nine to eleven range. Would, Would you say that that's correct? Overall, like of all dynasty basketball players, would you put him right around that range? Um, will you? What range did you say? Uh, somewhere around like eight or nine, maybe as far back as 11, 12. Yeah, I think he's in that range, yeah. Um, okay, so, so let's talk about some of the other players that w- will be a little bit more intriguing. So let's start with Miles Turner. Uh, t- uh, of all the players on this team, does he have the second highest dynasty value? Um... I yeah, mean, that's tough because you're yeah. talking about a lot of other good players like Jeff Teague and uh, Thaddeus Young and Monte Ellis, but in Dynasty, Miles Turner is really young and really good and very versatile. Yeah, he's he's gonna contribute on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's shown that he can step out and hit the jumper a little bit. 
Um, he's going to get a ton of blocks. He's going to score decent. He's going to shoot pretty well from the field. He's pretty good free throw shooter so far in his career, seventy about seventy three percent. I think that yeah, I would give him probably the number two team, number two dynasty value there. I think uh, there's a there's a case to be made that Thaddeus Young and uh, Jeff T could have more value this year. Um, but in a dynasty league, I still think I'd rather take Turner. I think that he has potential to grow into like one of the this truly special players in the league where he could be like kind of a top five center, uh, get close to two blocks, and then you know just kind of contribute a little bit across the board. And the fact that he can step out and take a shot uh, just really, really helps in terms of uh, the versatility there. And uh, honestly, this team in general, very, very interesting setup. Uh, Thaddeus Young, I think, is going to put up very, very solid numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm curious to hear your take on is uh, Al Jefferson. That was an interesting signing for them. Uh, He obviously is getting up there a little bit. The NBA is going away from his back-to-the-basket type game. But coming in and feasting against bench players, I mean, is Al Jefferson the number one bench big tone in the entire league, possibly? I mean, or is that is that just in my over? I think I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I think I could see him basically just getting Jan Mahinmi's minutes from last year. Yeah, well, Jan Mahinmi last year put up pretty close to a double double. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. So I, I think that you know that's pretty close to. What you could expect? Would you say that Mahini was, you know, like a number one, you know, bench center in the league? I'd say that he was up there. He was in the conversation. Uh, I'm sure that I'm missing somebody when I say that. Um, but uh, well, first off, Greg Monroe mm-hmm. is is coming off the bench. He came off the bench at the end of last year, and most likely will be starting this season off coming off the bench. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I'd probably take Greg Monroe over him, but I don't. I can't think of any other. Maybe Bismack Biombo. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I guess at least in the East. Yeah, I, and I guess I kind of am fixated on the East while I'm doing this. But uh, uh, oh, yeah, maybe Enos Cantor if yes. he comes off mm-hmm. the bench behind Stephen Adams, or vice versa. Yeah, uh, but honestly, the way that team's structured this year, I could almost see them doing like the, um, like the like the kind of twin towers sort of feel of how. The thunder right now. Let's let's keep it. Yeah, sorry, I'm going off. No, not at all. <laughs> um, but so, uh, what do you think about Jeff Teague and Monte Ellis? Do you think that they're a good fit together? Do you think both of their numbers are, are going to be able to stay consistent with where they were last year? Um, so let's see. Monte Ellis, thirteen point eight points, four point seven assists, three point three rebounds. I think the rebounds and assists stay about the same. One three pointer seems about right. Um. I could see the scoring numbers dipping a little bit. I think that Thaddeus Young is going to take more offensive touches than anyone else really did last year. Um, do you think this year only Thaddeus Young is the number two guy to own there outside of Paul George, or do you prefer uh, T. Grellis? Mm, okay, so this year alone, we're not talking mm-hmm, just just this year, up. yeah. Um, ah, uh, shit, that's really hard. Uh, I guess I'd go Thaddeus Young. Jeff Teague, and then honestly, before Monte Ellis, I choose Miles Turner. Really? Okay, I I think I would agree there. Um, and I could also see Miles Turner having like a big jump forward, and and all of that being washed out, and Miles Turner eclipsing both of them. Yeah, I think that the additions of uh, Young and Jeff T kind of hurt Ellis the most out of anybody on this team. Would you do you agree with that? 
definitely Jeff Teague because George Hill uh, brought the ball up court, but mm-hmm. then his best skills aside from defense were uh, he's a great spot up shooter. Jeff Teague does uh, does play with the ball a little bit more, and I think that having a, a slightly more ball dominant guard. Uh, is going to take touches away from Monte Ellis. Yeah, I do too. I think this is the year that you could see Ellis's number kind of start to take a little bit of a dip. Um, he's getting up there. Took a little bit of a dip last year, actually. Yeah, that's that's true. I could see another year like that. I guess he's only thirty, so there is there is room for him to still put up some numbers. But yeah, his numbers did kind of take a dip last year. That's not what you want to see. And then you know, adding two more two more guys that are going to demand a lot of touches. I think that Ellis is a guy that if you own a dynasty league, I'd be looking to kind of sell right now. Like still has you know, close to maximum value. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that he is a guy that can play for four or five more years, but I do think every year you're going to see a slight dip in production. I mean, uh, he a lot. He is a very, very, very skilled player, but his quickness and his athleticism definitely help him get to his spots on the floor, and that's not going to hold up through his mid-30s, so... Um, yeah, if you're holding on to him and you're in a dynasty league, uh, he is somebody you should at the very least be taking fielding offers for. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, looking down the roster past you know the, the starters, do you think there's anyone there long-term you like? Like Joseph Young kind of had a little bit of buzz there for a little bit. He's shown some flashes. Um, but, I mean, long-term, there's really no one here that intrigues me minus uh, the guys we've mentioned already. No, I mean, Stucky and C.J. Miles are, are capable players, um, and either one of them, if you know, if injuries occurred, either one of them could be worth looking at because C.J. Miles, a good uh, three-point shooter. Rodney Stucky can do some damage when he has the ball, um, but, I mean, I'm certainly not targeting either one of those players. They're just they're, they're players that I'd look at if people in front of them in the depth chart start uh, dropping off with injury. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to the last team here, the Milwaukee Bucks. They were a team that I would have probably had in probably as a five or six seed. Um, Without Chris Middleton, though, that definitely drops them. Um, I think that. I would have had them out of the playoffs, personally. Interesting. uh, I would have had them as a playoff team this year. I I think that they've. They've collected enough talent between Middleton and Antetokounmpo, and I think Jabari Parker is in for another step up this year. Uh, Monroe, Michael Carter-Williams, capable capable players. Um, you know, you got Mirza Tletovic, who's capable of coming in and hitting three-pointers off of your bench unit there. I think this was a team that I really liked, but I think that that Middleton loss is going to be tough for them to replace. I mean, you may be able to replace his numbers with three or four players, but you can't replace. He was, you know, from everything you read, he was kind of the glue guy there in Milwaukee that kind of kept everything together. Well, he's an awesome all-around player. He does so much uh, with the threes and stuff like that. But I guess if we're just talking uh, fantasy basketball, we need to set him aside because he most likely will not be playing this year after that hamstring injury that he had. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You and I talked a little bit before we started recording, and uh, you showed me an interesting article and with quotes from Jason Kidd. Uh, that they are likely going to be starting Miles Plumley at the center position and Matthew Dellavedova at point guard uh, with MCW. Well, do you remember when you? Do you remember when you thought I was kind of crazy for saying uh, Miles Plumley might have a little bit of value this year? Like you didn't yeah, call me crazy, but you just weren't buying it. Yeah, like I still don't think he's going to be a guy that has a ton of value, but he was a guy that the advanced numbers really did like a lot. He was, you know, really good, uh, you know, in limited minutes there. 
Uh, there's a chance that if he's a center, he's a guy that could really make a leap and at least be a top 20 center. It's it's a possibility. I mean, I would think towards the back end of that, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that Miles Plumley is going to be one of the ultimate sleepers in the league this year in terms of somebody that nobody's targeting uh, that has a lot of upside based off of the the situation. Yeah, I mean, he averaged about five four with a block in about fourteen minutes last year. So if he can, you know, get closer to you know twenty twenty five minutes, there's room for him to grow to a guy that's. You know, like we said, a guy that's like, you know, uh, last year's Jan Mahini, like uh, eight, nine points, eight, nine rebounds, and, you know, maybe, well, you know, one and a half, one and 1.7 blocks. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty reasonable. I could see that. Um, You know, obviously for that to happen, he has to maintain the, 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 the starting job. I I mean, I guess maybe if you just are wanting to split up units, it makes sense to move uh, Greg Monroe to the bench. But, I mean, I think that you'd be better off trading him and getting some pieces. I mean, I think that he's the most talented big man they have there. He's put up numbers wherever he's gone. It's just it's kind of crazy to see him on the bench. He's a good basketball player. He just doesn't really fit that well with them. No, he's the only non-Stretch Armstrong player on the team. So what do you think that does to his value, having him come off the bench? If I recall... He actually fared pretty well fantasy-wise coming off the bench at the end of the year. Yeah, he's a guy that if you can buy low on, you know, whoever is owning him in your league because they're down on this news about, you know, him potentially not starting, he's a guy I'd buy low on. Um, he's still a guy that I, like you mentioned, he put up decent numbers in a bench roll. I still think that the most logical move is to move him. And so when that happens, hope, you know, you hope he goes back to a starting role where he's, you know, putting up, you know, 16 and 10 with, you know, block a game. Uh I still think that that could happen. Um, so he's a guy I would buy low on if you can. Um, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would absolutely buy low on him. Um, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions real quick. So you know I, I really like John Henson. I, mm-hmm. I pick him up in so many leagues because he is there so late. Uh, even in deep leagues, John Henson just drops and drops and drops. And of all, like, the bench, you don't really know what they're going to do type players, John <coughs> puts up really, really good block numbers. Yeah, he's a guy I like a lot as a North Carolina fan. Um, obviously, the question with him, at least from a dynasty long-term potential, is, you know, what does Thon Maker being there do to his long-term value? Okay, well, then what do you think about Thon Maker? Because that is a really interesting case. I, I saw him go, like surprisingly high in a few draft leagues. And when I say surprisingly high, keep in mind we're playing in relatively deep leagues and mm-hmm. with uh, large rosters. And so, I mean, he was going, you know, like 12th round or something like that. But that that still was a little surprising to me. Yeah, he really is kind of a guy that I've changed my opinion on a little bit since the pre-draft po- process. Um, I was pretty low on him coming in. He's, you know, shown, granted, you know, it's summer league, take it with a grain of salt, but he's shown that he's, you know, capable of, you know, holding his own at least at a, you know, a summer league level. Um, he's definitely one of those lottery ticket home run or bus type guys. I could see him being very special. I could see him being a guy that never really does much in the league. Um, he's a guy that I would take a shot on. I wouldn't want to give up like a first round pick to get him. Um, but if I could move some, you know, couple, you know, lesser assets to try and get a guy like him I, w- I would do that but um he's definitely a guy that you have to be have to be in a deep enough league where you have enough roster spots to stash him for a year or two because i don't think that he does a ton this year 
Um, but at the same time, he's a guy that if I had to write a bold predictions column, I could see him, you know, as a as a bold prediction being a guy that could be in the rookie of the year conversation. All right, this question would have seemed absolutely insane a year or two ago, um, but uh, Matthew Dellavedova or MCW, who has more dynasty value and who has more one season value? Um, shoot, um, dynasty value still give me Michael Carter Williams when he gets minutes even though it's inefficient if you can afford a lower field goal percentage, which to his credit was even up to, you know, 45% before he got hurt last year. Um, He puts up those counting stats like crazy when he gets minutes between, you know, steals, rebounds, and assists. He gets a shit ton of those. So it's really just his, his inability to shoot the ball that really kills him. Yeah, I mean, you know, less than a half a three-pointer per game. I don't know if he's ever really going to develop into that. Um, but I do think that he's a guy that if he's your third or fourth point guard and he can find, you know, a steady 20 to 25 minutes a game, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect, you know, close to four and a half, five rebounds and assists if he can get into a, a solid role. Yeah, so you think even coming off the bench, like he definitely puts up better numbers this year and all years moving forward over Matthew Dellavedova? Yeah, because I mean, even if Dellavedova starts all year, he's sharing the ball with, you know, even without uh, Middleton, uh, Antetokounmpo and Jabari. I think those are by far and away your number one and two options offensively. Um, Being on that bench role definitely opens up more looks for him. I'm still going to want to talk here about uh, Toledovic, Rashad Vaughn, uh, a couple of Jabari Parker, but we haven't talked about Giannis yet, and we're talking about the box, and he is the box. So, um, where do you see Giannis being in terms of dynasty value? Is he a top? Is he a top eight player? Oh yeah, I think dynasty value. He's probably top five for me. Okay, like try to place it like about where where do you think like five or is he like even higher than that so for dynasty leagues i'm for sure going to take let's see uh i would rather have russell westbrook Mm -hmm. uh james harden carl anthony towns towns for sure Kawhi, and i mean is that it would you for sure want to have Kawhi over uh, over Giannis? Because I actually don't know that I would. You know, I, I that it made me pause and think about it for a second. I think that I would take Steph Curry over both of them, and I know you probably don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would take Steph over both of them, and then God, I would have to sit down and pick through the numbers for Giannis and Kawhi. Because just sitting here thinking about it off the dome, like that's actually a really tough question for me for a dynasty. I still think I'd rather have Kawhi. Um, Tim Duncan's gone. Uh, granted, he was didn't do much last year. Um, I don't think it's going to be long before you see kind of Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili really, really taking a back seat, and it really becomes Kawhi's team. Um, so I would still, I, I would still take Kawhi. But it, it made me think about it for a second. That tells you how much Giannis has climbed in this past past year. Oh yeah, he's a stud. And if you're playing in a dynasty league with guys who like basketball but aren't like you know mega fantasy nerds then you can absolutely grab Giannis probably later than that I would assume like you could probably get him closer to 10 uh, but if you're playing with some smart guys who who really know how players are developing Giannis is is a freaking gem man well what did he go in our uh, dynasty b-ball draft uh, shit. He went really high in the dynasty. He was like second or third, I think, right? Yeah, he went shockingly high. Like 
definitely top five, but I, I want to say like he went like three or four. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's yeah. talk Jabari though. Oh, okay, yeah, let's talk Jabari for sure. Um, so I I have Jabari in the Dynasty B ball league. Uh, I really like Jabari's ability to score. I think that he could up his rebounds a little bit, but by all accounts, he is a hard worker, and I see him continuing to improve his game. He's got really high basketball IQ, and I think that he has I think that he has all star potential. Not this year, um, but I think that that like at his peak is definitely something I could see for him. He's definitely a guy I'm higher on now that Middleton's going to be out of the fold. I mean, granted, they don't really fill fill the same role, but just in terms of pure touches and shots, uh, that opens up a lot without Middleton being there. You know, he was, you know, Middleton put up 14 and a half uh, shots per game last year. Um, Even if only a couple of them go his way, that's going to be, you know, do big things for his numbers. I think that he's a guy that I've came around on. Um, big time, especially with this injury. He's he's the guy that I could see really taking another step forward this year. Okay, um, the last two players I want to talk about here, and then we can move on, is uh, Toledovich. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think Toledovich, where, where does he even fall in the depth chart? Like, to me, he's, he's like the fifth big. Yeah, if he can get some minutes, he'll hit you some threes. That's... That's about all you're really going to get out of him. I mean, I think he's definitely going to finish lower than his 12.2 points per game he averaged last year. Big sleeper here. Um, And again, credit to you for sharing the article with me. Rashad Vaughn looks like he's going to be the freaking starter this year, which who would have pegged that? I mean, uh, who knows what he's going to do in it. We've seen guys who come in and actually get the starting nod. Like I had Markel Brown for a little bit last year, and he got the starting nod for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with uh, uh, Bogdanovich. And some guys come in and they get the role, and it doesn't matter because they're really like the 10th fiddle out of five players that are on the court. So that might be him, but still a guy gets put in the starting lineup. you got to take notice. And this is a guy probably going undrafted in a lot of ways. Yeah, for me at this point, he's worth a flyer, like super late um, if you need some wing help. I'm not expecting a ton out of Vaughn this year, but he's definitely a guy that has, you know, his interest has gone up quite a bit for me in Dynasty Leagues, uh, but I'm still not going to drop anyone of value. Like, I would still rather hold Josh Richardson, even with him missing the first part of the season over Vaughn. Um, yeah, that's not even a question to me. He's he's not above Josh Richardson or, uh, or even Tyler Johnson. I would rather have Norman Powell. Yeah, I'd still take Norman Powell. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that Rashad Vaughn might have just jumped for me, but man, I, I'm really he, he's like, still a ways you know. down. Even if he gets a lot of minutes, I'm not really sure that that's going to translate to fantasy numbers, especially not this year. Who do you think puts up better numbers this year, Rashad Vaughn or um, uh, Denzel Valentine? Uh, Denzel Valentine. Okay, I actually think that I might disagree with that, but just based on touches and opportunity, interesting, uh, not, not off skill. That'll be something to monitor. Yeah. So, um, okay, very good. So we both talked about where they're gonna. I mean, well, I don't know. Did you commit to a number for where you think that they fall this year? Um, you know, I think they missed the playoffs. Um, I think it's close. I think that if Middleton was there, they were a team that could have challenged for like a five, possibly a four seed. I think, like I said, that that loss is going to hurt them more than people realize. Um, I'm going to have to tinker with my rankings a little bit, but I'm going to have them come in somewhere between probably 9 and 10. Yeah, I have them at about 11, 12. 
Yeah, that's that's oh, so you're a little bit lower than me, but yeah, I, I do have them outside the playoffs now. Um, I mean, I'm looking looking down the road. I definitely have the Raptors and the Celtics making the playoffs out of the other division. Um, so that means I got to bump one more team out of my playoffs. I'll have to kind of play with that and see where I end up on that when we come back next next show. I'll have full Eastern Conference predictions. Um, it just worries me a little bit with the Bucks that your center, uh, Greg Monroe, is maybe the second best player on the team. Like, in just, like, single season, Greg mm-hmm. Monroe, like, of all the guys on the court other than Giannis, I think is the most impactful and it, it worries me that you have to bring him off the bench because he is so ill-fitting with the rest of your squad. I think that that team is just not balanced properly. I think they have a lot of skill and just really, really, really bad balance. And I think that the loss of, um, of Chris Middleton is just absolutely devastating for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, spacing is, is a huge part of it, though. Yeah, I like I said, Monroe's a guy that if I can get for cheap right now, definitely do it. Um, sure. even, even if he does start in a bench role and is limited to you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, um, which we said, I still think he'll put up decent numbers in a role like that. Um, he's a guy that I think at some point they're going to move him. It doesn't make sense not to. It's pretty clear they would like to give that center spot to you know John Henson and Miles Plumley um, and just kind of have them be you know rim protectors. So I, I think at some point he gets moved, and I think especially now with uh, – Middleton out, that really opens up the floodgates to maybe move Monroe for a perimeter player to kind of look to replace him. Agreed, yeah. Cool. Well, you got anything else you want to add on these guys? or? No, uh, I'd say that that pretty much wraps it up. I think that, uh, that we knocked out that division pretty good there. Yeah, so uh, what else have you been doing? Anything you want to try and plug? Yeah, I will uh, I will go ahead and uh, just plug the, the other podcast that I do. Uh, it's called BoobTube Buddies. It is a, uh, it's like a TV review and recap type show. Um, and we have Luke Cage and Westworld starting up this upcoming weekend. Uh, Luke Cage comes out on Netflix. And we're actually, I took off work. We're doing a marathon uh, viewing and recording of it. Nice. So, yeah, so I'm going to get over to uh, my co-host's house at like 9 a.m. And we're basically going to watch the first episode, record the first episode, and then on and on throughout the day. Uh, and hopefully have like four or five posted by the end of the day. Uh, and then my co-host is going to live tweet the whole thing as well. And then uh, Sunday night, uh, we have Westworld. So uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, the last few months have been, you know, we've, we've got some good shows on there, but we haven't had any, like, real, like, A-level type TV shows other than Stranger Things. So this is going to be pretty cool. Nice. That's exciting. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've listened to... What have you been up to? Um, I mean, shoot, not a ton. I'm not doing... I was doing the Red Rock uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. I just kind of had too much going on with work. Um, wanted to kind of rededicate... And back into this basketball podcast, there's some things I want to do. I'd like to kind of maybe expand uh, what Dynasty B-Ball does over the next you know year or so. Um, more to come on that later, but there are some changes on the horizon for us. You know, hopefully a little bit more things that we'll be doing. Um, but yeah, so really nothing else. Just kind of hang tight. I'm gonna get my Dynasty rankings out here probably this mid start to mid October when we start getting a little bit of preseason action, and then I'll update those as we 
you know, get through the preseason, kind of see how some rotations start to look like they're going to shake out. Um, you know, there's some guys, like we mentioned, Rashad Vaughn, he could really jump up quite a bit in the preseason if it looks like he's better than I think he is and he's going to have a starting role. So, uh, yeah, just basketball stuff coming up soon. Just keep tight. Um, we kind of slacked off a little bit there during this off season, but um, it's going to pick back up now that we're back into basketball season where, you know, we got preseason basketball in a few days. Hell yeah, so excited about that. I actually uh, am going to be going to one of the Magic's preseason games through my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. We got nice little lower bowl seats. Man, I'm jealous. That sounds like a ton of fun. All right, well, that will do it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you like the show, please leave us a review on whether you know it's iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Those help us move up and get some recognition. Um, sorry about the audio quality in this episode. We kind of had a little bit of technical difficulties and kind of had to move some things around and piece some things together. So I know the audio is a little bit choppy in some spots, but stick with us. We'll have that fixed on the next episode. We're really just kind of getting back into it. Um, like we said, we're we got basketball right around the corner. Um, we're gonna start doing multiple shows per week. Um, you know, it's finally that time of year. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, if not sooner.